this. Luke chapter number 17, starting at verse number 1, the Bible says, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. That's a powerful statement. He said, you better off just taking the life of the individual than to offend somebody. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. I'm going to say this again. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against you, rebuke him, correct him, bring it to their attention. If he repents, forgive him. It gets better. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he turn again to thee saying, I repent, forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Lord, you got to increase my faith. <laughs> oh, I wish I had. We're going to preach to some real people in here today. You see what this Bible says? It says if somebody does something wrong to you, my sister, you let them know, hey, you hurt me. And the Bible says if he repents, we're supposed to forgive him. But if he does the exact same thing six more times, and if he asks for forgiveness every time, we're to forgive him if he repents. Now, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what kind of household you live in, but after the first time, we go have a problem. And you asking me to do it not just twice, three, but seven times, he says, if they do it. If they repent, you're supposed to forgive them. Y'all see that? And the apostles said, Lord, we need some help. I don't know if we can do this. We just got through singing a song about this is how we overcome. I'm going to teach you today another way of how to overcome. Because we can shout and dance in here all day long. But there's something that's holding some people back here today. And you're not overcoming in your spirit like you should. You're not progressing like you should. We're going to learn today how to overcome so that we can lift our hands, so that we can clap our hands, so that we can have freedom. We're going to learn today how to overcome. God, speak to our hearts here right now. Minister to us, O oh Lord, as only you can. We give you glory in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your church. These are your people. We are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, for your glory, your purpose. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended, and I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're ready to overcome, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Many times believers have ongoing difficulty in forgiving those 
who have wronged them. The strain may go on for many years, even as they keep trying to forgive, they frequently assume that there is something wrong with them as being hard-hearted and otherwise unloving. They fault themselves for not being able to forgive others. I have come to pose a question that was actually birthed from Wednesday's Family Matters lesson. My wife spoke about how she would be hurt by something I had done or something I had said. And because of the hurt, she would build a wall, not wanting to speak to me. And then that wall and what would take place would turn into fear, and she mentioned the word resentment. Now, of course, when this was said, I was shocked. That's not in my notes. That's not true. She began to say that this continued until she approached me about my behavior. And once she approached me about my behavior, now I repented. I repented of the behavior, and she was able to forgive, and then we had reconciliation. See, it's reconciliation. See, that's the fun part. Now, some of you will get that later. The question I pose is, perhaps one-sided forgiveness is actually impossible in the absence of a necessary condition of forgiveness. A necessary condition even for forgiveness. Because many have said, I keep trying to forgive them, but I just can't seem to be able to let it go. Many have said, I have forgiven them, but I'm still angry about what he or she did. Many have said, I've been praying for a long time to forgive them. I just can't. These statements are examples of what I've heard from Christians many times about someone who has wronged them and the difficulty that we have forgiving that person. Forgiveness seems to be commonly talked about as a basic Christian faith and practice. In contrast to non-Christians, a distinctly gospel-fueled ability in personal relationships is the Christian idea of forgiveness. As it is defined, forgiveness is the wiping out of an offense from memory. Once eradicated, the offense no longer conditions the relationship between the offender and the one affronted. And harmony is restored between the two. See, every Christian knows that we ought to forgive one another's wrong. The Bible teaches and the biblical teaching is clear that since we have been forgiven by God, then we must others, we must forgive others who have sinned against us. The definition I just mentioned is right to specify that the offense no longer conditions the relationship. I'm going to say that again. The offense no longer conditions the relationship. And the result of forgiveness is that harmony is restored. I think this is very important. I think that this is the important thing about forgiveness to accomplish reconciliation. The Bible teaches in Matthew chapter number 18, verse 15, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, it says, go and tell him his fault. 
between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Or in other words, it's saying you have reached reconciliation with that individual. See, what's overlooked in common Christian understanding of forgiveness is the necessary part of repentance by the wrongdoer. Someone say forgiveness requires repentance. Say forgiveness requires repentance. See, what's overlooked, I'm going to repeat this here, in common Christian understanding of forgiveness is the necessary part of repentance by the wrongdoer. This part is implied in Jesus' command. That's why he says in Matthew 18, 15, another version says it like this. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault. The result of telling the other person what was done is, is for us and to us that uh, excuse me, let me say it this way. The result of telling the other person what was done to us is that the brother who may or may not have known he had done wrong, once being made aware of the fault, takes responsibility in repentance. In other words, when that person repents, forgiveness is the next step. We see it very clear in the book of Acts chapter number 2. That's why we read in verse number 36, it says, and Peter was speaking here, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God have made that same Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. See, once they heard that word, the Bible says in Acts 2, number 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the arrested apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? See, if they never would have heard what they did wrong, they wouldn't have known what to do next. They wouldn't have had the mind to do what Peter was asking them to do. He couldn't get to verse number 38 until they understood what they did wrong. But now that they know what they did wrong, they can say, well, what do we need to do? And the first word out of Peter's mouth was repent. Then Peter said unto them, you need to change. There need to be a change in your heart. You need a godly sorrow, a godly forgiveness to come upon you. You need to repent. The Bible says, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of what you did wrong. For the remission of the sins and you shall receive what you hear us doing. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in verse number 41, because this is what's going to happen today. Remember, this is how we overcome. Somebody say overcome. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. See, you can receive the word and know what you did wrong, but if you don't gladly receive it, you can walk right out of here the exact same way you walked in here. But those that gladly receive the word, when you know I've done something wrong and I need to change, I need to alter my ways, I need to repent, you gladly receive it and you become pricked in your heart and you begin to say, preacher, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to change? What do I need to do to alter my life? And the Bible says, and I'm saying the exact same thing Peter said, you need to repent. And then once you repent, you get baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they that gladly receive it, because everybody's not gladly to receive it. Some people hear the word and they turn around and say, oh, that's not for me. 
or I'm not ready to change. Some of you need to go listen to a YouTube video. By, it's an actor, a very famous actor. He's a famous black actor. Some of you may know him. Some of you may not. It matters how you follow actors in movies, but his name is Denzel Washington. Some of you need to YouTube the video Denzel Washington speaking about the Holy Ghost. All right? Don't do it right now. Some of you getting your phones out. Don't do it right now. When you go home tonight, let me finish my message here. When you go home this afternoon, look up Denzel Washington speaking about the Holy Ghost. Denzel Washington was raised to understand that he needed to repent, that he needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Denzel Washington says out of his own mouth, I know about the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, I want the Holy Ghost. I'm just not ready to change. He says it out of his own mouth. He says, I'm just not ready to change. I've come to help somebody here today. You've got to be ready to change. Nothing will be altered in your life. Nothing will go forward as God sees you going forward unless you're ready. Somebody say repent. You got to repent. You've got to change. You got to change your mind. That's what repentance is. It's a change of mind. Saying, I need to go in a different direction. I can't keep going down these same roads. I can't keep doing the same thing. I can't keep having the same thoughts. See, some of us think we don't need repentance. Oh, no, honey. We need repentance every day. Uh-huh. I don't care if you've been in this thing for one day or 100 years. It doesn't matter. Wherever you fit in that category, we need repentance. God needs to work on us every day. That's why we cannot have our head up. That's why those no big eyes, no little use, it does not matter. We're all trying to make it. Amen. So we cannot be prideful. We cannot say, ah, I've been doing this longer than you. I've been doing, ah, you just don't know like I know. No, you have no idea what you know. Because none of us really know enough. That's why we need the Lord to direct us. We need the Lord to lead us. We need the Lord to guide us. Then they that gladly received. So that means some walked away. Everybody didn't receive it. But they that gladly received, there was about 3,000 of them. They got baptized. They repented. They got filled with God's spirit and their lives were changed. Jesus is clear about repentance as the necessary condition of repentance. The Bible says in, in, in Luke chapter number 17, as we were reading, a different version says it like this. If your brother sins, rebuking. And if he repents, forgiving. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and he turns to you seven times and say, I repent, you've got to forgive him. That's what he said. Now, we're still working on that in our house. Lord. Increase my faith. <laughs> Amen. Well, yes. We are, we still working on that in the Robinson house. Yes. Kids are amazing. Isn't it amazing how you could, you could do something to a kid, you could discipline your child. Now, I'm talking about at a certain age now, because once they hit a certain age, then they just, you really got to pray then. Increase my faith. Isn't it amazing how you can take someone five, six, seven, you know, that, that around that age, you can discipline them, and five minutes later, they're hugging you, they're loving you. They, they done forgot all about the discipline. 
They, they love on you. They want to hug you. They want to come around you. Now, you take an adult? Oh, well, it'll take us weeks. <laughs> hey, I'm going to let y'all preach that one. I'm going I'm to stick to my weeks. <laughs> Amen? We still won't look at people the same. There's still some people in our life we still have this, mm. You just mention the name, mm. You just grunt in your spirit, mm. Uh-huh. Still bothers you to this day. Praise the Lord, Sister Robinson. Yeah, God, God bless you, sister. She, she, did, she just walked through here, y'all. Y'all didn't see her, but she just walked through here. Yes. The Bible says if her brother does something wrong, we're to go to him. And let him know, you hurt me. You offended me. Brother Carson, that's not easy to do. Didn't I say I was going to help us? We're going to overcome today. We're going to learn today. We're going to learn. That's not, that's, see, let me teach a principle here. Because we are learning a biblical principle. This is what the Lord is saying that we ought to do. If someone hurts us, we're going to, we should go to them and say, you hurt me. So that means, my brother Morrison, if someone has offended you and you cannot go to them by yourself, that's when you need a man of God in your life. You can come to your man of God and say, man of God, this is what took place. This is bothering me and I can't get past it. See, because if you can't get past it, you can't grow. And when you don't allow yourself to get past things, you are stunting your own growth. While the other person is growing, they're flourishing, you see them dancing, and you back there like, what they dancing for? They should be sit They Just sit down. Do they know what they did to me? You know how they hurt me? And they just up there just, this is how we. And you just mad. I know I'm preaching the truth. And you're stunning your spiritual growth because you're not getting over the very fact of what somebody did to you and they don't even have any idea. They don't even know they hurt you. They just living on, just doing good. They see you, hey, sister, you, hey. They have no idea. But see, that's when you need a man of God in your life. Amen. Oh, I, no, I'm talking about me. Yeah, let me make that very clear. I'm, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the pastor, me, myself. The, when I say the man of God, I'm talking about me right here. Amen? Make that very, very clear. Because you have to be careful who you go to. It may be the wrong voice. It may be the wrong voice. All right? I'm talking about myself. Ladies, you can talk with Sister Robinson. Amen. Amen. If it's a matter you want to do that, yes. All right? This is, this is good teaching here. And so, Brother Morton, you got to be able to come to me and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable because of what they did. They hurt me. And I need to make sure that this gets reconciled for your sake. The Bible says so that there's harmony. There's reconciliation between the two. And if you can't go to that person because you hurt, and there's sometimes you just hurt, 
You don't want to look at that person. You don't want to talk to that person. But you need a mediator. Ha. Ah, glory be to God. You need a mediator. Someone that can help reconcile so that there's harmony. The condition of if he repents follows from the imperative to rebuking. You cannot get to if he repents if we don't show the person that they did something wrong. That is equivalent to the statement in Matthew of show him his fault. So have we done this in the situation where another person has wronged us and we are having difficulty letting it go in forgiveness? Do we prefer to withdraw from them and avoid the matter entirely, pretending that everything's okay? That is not forgiveness. Neither is it reconciliation. But today we're going to have a time of refreshing. A time of refreshing. There's going to be a refreshing in the spirit, a refreshing in the Holy Ghost. I believe before we leave here today that a spirit of refreshing is going to hit this place so strong to where many of you are going to fall on your face, fall on your knees, cry out for repentance, cry out, Lord, help me to forgive the right way. Help me to repent and talk to my brothers and my sisters and have harmony in the church. I'm telling you, in order for us to get to the place and the level where God wants to take this church, we must have harmony. We must be together. We must be unified. We cannot have people looking and feeling about certain people in the church that's causing hindrances for you to be able to grow. We cannot have the left side harmonized and the right side broken. Cannot do it. But as God sends babies in this church, no matter if they sit on the left or the right in the center, there is a spirit of unity. There is a spirit of love. There is a spirit of harmony in the house of the Lord. Amen. You better believe your pastor up here is praying for harvest. I'm praying for revival. I fast for it a few times. I, I mean, I'm calling and praying out to God for it and do it, Lord, do it, Lord. And then the more I pray about harvest, God keeps sending me words like this. There's a certain style that I love to preach. I love, I, you know me, Brother Carson. I sweat, I run, I kick legs up, I, I go crazy. But God's saying, no, you need to calm down and teach. I said, okay. <laughs> what else am I supposed to say, Hannah? Huh? That's right. You supposed to, you say okay. You say okay. That's right. I say okay. Uh, we'll just calm down. Let's teach. Because the Lord is trying to help me to understand if the people don't understand what to do, how can they know to do it? And how can they know to do it God's way? Some people just need to be reminded what God is expecting out of us. And the Bible lets, lets us know, and God spoke to me very clear. He said, they that gladly receive it. Because I know God has already dealt with me. I know everybody's not going to receive it, but they that gladly receive, God says, that's what I'm going to add to the church. I'm going to continue to add to the church. Because when people want to do it my way, God will bless the body of Christ. Amen. God's way. And God will bless this body. He will bless your home. Hear me. He will bless your home. Because everything I'm talking about starts in the home. Amen. 
I cannot apply these principles in the body of Christ or at church or in public and don't apply them in my household. Amen. God won't have it. Sister Robinson won't have it. Yes. Got to start it in my home. Apply these things into the church. But we have to do it the way the Lord is asking us to do it. Many people do not know the real reason why Jonah ran and tried to escape in a boat to Tarshish. Instead of going to Nineveh as the Lord had commanded him, Jonah ended up in the belly of a well for three days because of his disobedience. Well, let me help someone understand why Jonah actually ran. It's actually recorded in Bible. Why Jonah actually ran, it was not because he was afraid of the wicked people of Nineveh. It was not because he knew that the people of Nineveh did not fear God and there was no point to go there and preach. It was not because he was running from his calling to serve God. None of those are true. I've heard those talk before, but none of them are true. He did not run for that reason. The reason's in the Bible. Let's go to Jonah chapter number three, starting at verse number four. Somebody say, we're going to overcome today. I feel the Holy Ghost already. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. The Bible says, so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne. And he laid his robe from him, somebody say humility, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. He put everybody on the fast. That means the cats and the dogs that you own, the fish, didn't nobody eat. He said, I ain't eating, ain't nobody eating. Now, that's a serious fast right there. He ain't even feed the dogs. Nobody's eating. He said, let them not feed nor drink water. Verse number 10, drop down to verse number 10. The Bible says, and God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And look, look what God did. And God repented. He changed his mind. He repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. He was going to destroy them. But the people of Nineveh, the Bible says, believed God. Went on a fast. God saw it. Changed his mind. I'm not going to do it. But look at chapter number four, verse number one. The Bible says, but this displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he got angry. You see that? The Bible says in verse number two, look at this, and he prayed unto the Lord. Now, listen to this prayer. The Bible calls it a prayer. I call it a complaint. I guess complaining can be a part of prayer. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying? Was not this my saying? When I was yet in my country, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. This is why I ran. Here's why I ran right here. For I knew that you was a gracious God. (laughs) 
I knew that you was a gracious God. I knew that you was merciful. I knew that you would be slow to anger and of great kindness and repent thee of the evil. Jonah said, this is why I ran. It wasn't for a fear of the people. It was because I knew if they would change, you would change. That if they would cry out for forgiveness, you would forgive them. I knew. It wasn't because I was afraid of these people. Jonah thought they deserved to die. Jonah thought they didn't deserve repentance. See, there's many people in here today that have been told you don't deserve to be where you are. You don't deserve God's grace. You don't deserve God's mercy. See, that's a lie from the devil. That's not the will of God. That means I don't care how far you go. I don't care how low you go. I don't care where you are in your life. God says, if you change, I'll change. If you cry out to me, I'll forgive you. I'll give you mercy. I'll show you kindness. Some ought to get excited about that because we don't deserve to be where we are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care what your last name is. I don't care where you come from. God says, if you change, I'll change. Hallelujah. That's the amazing mercy and the awesomeness of God. And that's where Jonah was. Because God is gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger. The Bible says, so the people of Nineveh believed. They believed. So it's important to stop telling ourselves that we're not worthy. It's important to stop stop telling ourselves that we don't deserve it. And we can't get it. Because none deserve it. But repentance is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's a gift that we can receive daily. It's a daily gift. So it doesn't matter what people tell you. God says, I'll give it to you. If you want to change, God says, I'll change. Now think about that now. You can cause God to change based on you wanting to change. See, I don't know if this side of the church heard me. Did y'all hear me over, over here? You can, God, you can cause God to change based on you wanting to change. Huh? You can cause God to change. That's how powerful that is. That God changed his mind because the people changed their ways. Hallelujah. God is looking for someone in the house here today to just change their ways. God, I need you. I know I don't deserve your mercy, but I want your mercy. I know I don't deserve your grace, but I want your grace. God, I know I'm doing things I should not be doing, but Lord, I'm here saying I want to change. I know I don't deserve it, but God, I'm crying out to you, and God says, I'll change. I'll change my mind about your future, because you could be going down a certain word that leads to death, a certain road that leads to death that leads to stress and anxiety that leads you into in an institutional home somewhere losing your mind but God said if you will change I'll change God will change your destiny if you change your mind Amen. so why are you allowing other people then to stop you from getting to your purpose 
I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. That's the biggest hindrance right now at CMT. People hindering people. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. It's people hindering people. The Bible's given us specific instructions on how to overcome. I'm telling you, I've gotten to a place in my life with the help of the Lord, and I'm, I'm not, I'm a long way from that perfection, but I'm determined to not allow any person to stop me from moving forward. I am determined to not allow an individual to stop me from moving forward because I've allowed it to happen in my life. I've stunted progress in my life. There was years that I lost in my life because of people. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you the truth right now. Speaking from my heart, I've lost years where I can look back and say, during this time, from 2000 this to 2000 that, I lost. I lost. And it wasn't God's fault, it was my fault. Because God wanted to move on. He wanted to repent and change his mind, but I wouldn't change my mind. I would allow people to stop me from moving forward. And trust me, it's not easy, it's hard. Uh, Trust me, it, it would hurt me. I wanted to move on, but I couldn't. I wanted to get by it, but I couldn't. Anytime I try to get up that morning and convince myself, you know how we kind of motivate ourselves? I'm getting better today. I'm going to do more today. I'm moving on today. But as soon as I heard that name, as soon as that issue came up, it would stop me. Until I had to confront it. I had to deal with it head on. I had to allow the person. And you know what? Once I confronted the people, once I dealt with those situations, you know they didn't even realize what they did. They didn't even realize, I didn't know I hurt you like that. I remember when that happened, I didn't realize you've been, you've been dealing with that for that many years. Man, I'm so sorry, Eddie. This, da, 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 da. And here I am. I said, I done lost five years. Messing with you. I done lost all these years. And I could have moved on a long time ago. Because what happens is, what took place with me was, is that I couldn't move on in my spirit. See, see, don't mistake progress in the natural with progress in the spirit. Uh, I wish I had the time to talk about that. Because, see, I could still be advanced on my job, but my spirit is tore up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because, see, I still know how to perform at work and still be broken on the inside. I still know how to do my job real well, but still go home hurt, broke, distraught, can't move forward in the spirit, don't know why there's no elevation in my life. But God had to work on my inside and teach me the God way of being able to have a refreshing in myself. See, that's why now I can sing songs and say, this is how we overcome. Uh Uh-huh, he's turned my sorrow into joy. See, when I sing songs like that, I go back to those days when my spirit was sorrowful, when I was dealing with so many things that I couldn't move on, couldn't move past, because I was struggling with people. But God said, 
Show them their fault. If they repent, forgive them. If they do it seven times, they come and repent, you forgive them. Let there be reconciliation. Let there be harmony. Because when those things begin to take place in the individual's lives in this church, watch what God not only is going to do for us, but watch what he does for you. Amen? So I'll come to preach and prophesy to someone's spirit today. Let's stand to our feet. I'm, I'm closing here. I've come to speak into someone's life, and I've come to speak into someone's heart here today. Stop allowing people to hinder your growth. I've come to tell somebody here today, stop allowing people to hinder your worship. Can I just be very plain? Stop allowing some of our family members to hinder our worship. Stop allowing family members to hinder your progress. Stop allowing the people that have been haunting you in the past and people that may be even present in your future to hinder what God wants to do in your life. Church, I'm so passionate about this sermon. That I'm thankful that the Lord laid it on my heart to just take my time and talk to you today. You know, sometimes we just need to settle down. Let's talk about some things. Let's discuss this. Now, I know this hasn't been a back and forth discussion lesson, but let's, let's, let's talk. Let's understand what the Bible is requiring out of us. Let's understand what the Lord is saying to us. Let's understand what we need to do in order to move forward. Because when you, don't, when you allow people to hold you down, it hinders your character growth. It affects your character. All of a sudden, you become this bitter, angry person. You're wondering, where did this bitterness come from? Why am I angry? Why am I, I easily snap? When you know you, I wasn't like that. But now, as soon as someone gets in your face, you're ready. Because you associate that with your past hurt. You associate that with someone, something else that somebody did to you. Now you put everybody in the same jar. When God could be sending someone to help you heal. He can be sending you someone to help you mend that broken relationship. But you don't want to hear it because you're hurt. You're hurt. God wants to help heal somebody today. That's why I've come to tell you today is a time of refreshing. Today is a time of refreshing. I'm going to challenge some people here today. I'm telling you, I may be the first one at this altar. I may be the first one to throw up my hands. But somebody needs to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to repent. Help me, God, to deal with these issues. Help me, God, to be able to move on. Come on, somebody needs to fall on their face. Somebody needs to come to a place of an altar where they say, Lord, I've been dealing with these issues for a long time. God, help me, Lord, to confront. Help me, Jesus, to be able to move on. Let's throw our hands in the air right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. Come on.